0: I'll be too nervous to. I'm probably lost for words. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Lost Words podcast. I'm joined today as ever by Jason. Jason, hello. Hello, Tom. How are you doing? I'm good, mate. How are you? Marvelous. Good, good, good. And we've also got a guest on Hannah Holder from National Club Golfer. Hannah, welcome to the show.
1: Hi. Thanks for having me.
0: Yeah, thank you very much, Jason. We've been talking, haven't we, for you know, on and off for for the few months, and, it, and even since the very start of the podcast about trying to get a female perspective on the game of golf. You know, it, there's, it's very much we could talk about the underrepresentation in 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 ladies' golf and and the hardship of it, but it's kind of two blokes chatting about it without sort of getting the unique perspective, and, and obviously want Hannah to to bring that to us, stay in the conversation.
2: Yeah, it's been it's been amazingly difficult to get anybody to. Uh... To commit so we're very grateful to hannah for coming on and i, I yeah i think it's gonna be a fascinating perspective um over the next whatever it's going to be um, about getting into the game and, and and promoting the women's game because there's a hell of a lot of skill out there and and there's some big names out there doing some tremendous stuff and either we don't see it or um it's not covered and uh yeah it's just about exposing the women's game really so yeah,
0: we'll see what happens. Absolutely. Well, first of all, Hannah, let's just uh, take us back to sort of the beginning of your, your introduction to golf and how you found yourself uh, playing the game and, and certainly your career now.
1: Yeah, so this is probably not a story you're going to believe, but um, my mum and dad actually met at the Open at St Andrews. <laughs> yeah, so I'm probably always going to be a golf from that, but really of my whole family playing, my mum and my dad, both my grandparents, my aunties, uncles. Um, I've got a younger brother and sister who play as well. So really from a young age, I was just surrounded by golf. I remember kind of, I'd go around in the buggy. I'd have like my toys in the basket or like my colouring books. And eventually I just wanted to join in I just wanted to play. And so it was quite a natural transition in that sense.
0: Yeah. And do you think that that is one of the things, because we, we were talking before, me and Jason, and, and golf as a whole is not the easiest sport to get into even even for you know young boys men etc it's kind of a, a a sport that you have to seek out it's not you don't just turn up to a playground and play football like you do you know you generally have a a family attire to golf and like you say that your whole family were golfers because when you were at school did you have many friends that sort of play golf that you got to golf course or was it very much a family-based activity
1: uh, well I started very young so like seven so definitely when I was at primary school I didn't know anyone else who really played Um then when I went to secondary school I think there was one other girl in my year who played out of like 150 people so not really many <laughs> um, but I mean guess to have better to have one more than none.
0: Yeah absolutely and, and why do you think that is do you think it's a case of because i mean it's very hard for yourself to go back and say well what if my whole family didn't play golf because they did and Mm -hmm. you were born into it and and it's very quickly but do you do you see it as a sport that you'd if more girls and ladies gave it a try and it was made easier to access that there'd be a huge bump in it playing especially you know during this i think the lockdown was a a kind of key indicator that people were so desperate to get out and out in the open and play sport that you probably would have seen a an uptake in ladies golfers even during that period.
1: Yeah, definitely. I think girls in general probably pick up sport a bit less across the board. But I also think they do stuff more in groups and things that they're introduced to, probably more out of a comfort thing. So I think especially at school, probably the most popular things were like netball and hockey that you're playing in team environments. So definitely I think if you're introduced it somewhere in school where you're doing it in more of a fun group environment, that would encourage more people to play. But I also think it's one of those things that it does take a bit of time to pick it up. So if you learn it in a group environment and you're learning it from when you're young, you're going to pick that up a lot easier than if you kind of come to it a bit later on.
0: Yeah, I think that's a really good point because Jason, obviously, me, yourself and, and I, you know, we're not the greatest golfers. We, we, we watch it. We like it. We talk about it every week. We're very keen on it. Oh. Um, but actually making contact with the ball is generally our biggest fear. Um, but <laughs> yeah. it's... It, like Hannah said there it's not an easy game to get into and if you don't have a support network of a really keen family and a, and a really you know, group of friends that support you i imagine it's quite a lonely existence even even for for young boys and men to get into as well
2: yeah i think it, i think it's um a very as you say a very very difficult sport to choose if you like um it's not played at school as we discussed earlier and you've just mentioned um it would be difficult to play at school but there's no reason why you couldn't play you know a fun game like you like you do quick cricket or something like that they get you into mm-hmm. it um are you
1: crazy golf like it's an introduction to a part of the game in terms of the putting elements and um,
3: i think
1: when yeah i think when we were about 14 or 15 someone came into school with like airflow balls and we did a bit on <laughs> the playing fields because we had quite large land there and me and this other girl because we'd been playing for so long everyone was a bit kind of amazed that we could actually hit the ball but yeah, kind of introducing it at that point. It is quite late in terms of people have normally picked up a lot of the sports they want to play as a kid at that point.
2: Is this stereotypical to say this, right? Uh, and this is this is for both sexes, so don't worry. Um, <laughs> that that in suburbia, yeah, you and you tend to find that men will take Sunday morning to go off and have four hour, four hours of golf and then go off for a pint, blah 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 um and i read a, a i read a study of women's golf and there was one of the ladies that were interviewed said um that that women a woman wouldn't turn around to her husband and say all right can you look after the kids for six hours i'm just off to play golf now having been taken along by you know what i mean having been taken along by your families you were taken along by your mum and dad
3: mm-hmm.
2: um i would imagine a, a vast 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 majority if any children are being taken along, is by their dad rather than rather than by their mum. And and for whatever reason, that's clearly um, an issue with them coming forward. Um,
1: yeah, uh, most of the girls I know their mums like, don't play. So people hmm. I know through, like, County Golf, they've started, like, because their dad plays. I think people are often surprised when I say, like, my mum has the little handicap out of my two parents. <laughs> but, yeah. It's definitely a case in my household where if my mom was going to play a golf match, like my dad would be looking after us. So
2: yeah. Possibly I mean, that's not
1: that, the same case.
2: <laughs> no, 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 that's lucky, but it was just, the it, it, it's trying to work out why there aren't more, more, as you say, girl golfers from, from a very early mm-hmm. age coming through the system. And if you're not exposed to it at school, and if, you know, if, if one member of your family is going off because golf is, is, is his stroke her escape, if you like, four hours on the weekend it becomes a very um you know very minor part of the population of children yeah. that are taken along to golf courses to play
3: um yeah
0: it's strange isn't it because i you know a lot of my vote runs in football so i used to football coach a lot and and when i coached football at schools and things like that there, there was a very clear lack of interest from girls to want to play football they didn't see it as a as a a girls sport and even if some of them were better than the boys they they still weren't that interested they kind of didn't take it seriously i went to america to coach in 2015 and the girls teams were far superior to the boys by a long margin because and i'm I'm guessing a lot of the influence was the u.s women's national team was so good and the biggest kind of sports team at the time and and that's what i think it is i think that there's there's such a huge Uh, element of of influence isn't it so like you said there you know your your mum was the leading golfer in your family and that helps you strive to be the best that you can be in the sport and it's kind of nice to get one over on dad I imagine and you know brothers and (laughs) things that had to to take them on and I don't think I think in like football there's kind of this element of of like uh, boys are really boisterous and um, you know pick on girls in football and, and, and don't take it seriously whereas I don't know whether there's the same in golf, I don't know. In your experience growing up, Hannah, how how you were perceived at the golf club, and and whether you were sort of because obviously when I think the, the most ridiculous thing is some men and boys feel threatened by when a girl is better than them at something. In in any in any walk of life, in any area, they go well. You know, I'll go and do it one better. And I think there'll be there'll be a guy at your local golf club, maybe I don't know. I'm speaking out of turn, would say, okay, well I can I can beat Hannah despite the fact that she's five shots better than me on a handicap. And, and I think there's a little bit of that. I don't know kind of what experience you had growing up in that sort of sense.
1: Yeah, junior boys did not want to be beat by the girls. <laughs> that is very fair to say. I've even played like junior events before where like they knew I was playing, saying like a match play scenario. And they'd come earlier to the golf course, picked up all the red tee boxes and moved them behind the whites because they knew <laughs> they were <laughs> going to have to play against me.
0: It's It's ridiculous, like, isn't it?
1: It's ridiculous. And and what's your thoughts, just...
0: Hannah, on the because there's been a very clear distinction recently in terms of so it was always the ladies' tees and the men's tees, wasn't it, at, at a golf course? And mm-hmm. and and I was kind of when I was younger, I didn't really think anything of it. And as you get older, you think that's actually such a ridiculous concept. It's just forward and back tees, and there's always a thing. You know, I'm a, a you know a twenty handicap player, so I have to play from the yellows rather than the whites or, or whatever. There's no real reason that can't be different. You know, however far you hit it is how far you hit it. Um, I'm sure, Hannah, you can you can play off yellows and whites and, and contend just as much as, as you need to. So there's no need for it to be called ladies and men's tees. And do you think that's somewhere where the kind of... The, the poor attitude towards it comes from? Because someone goes, OK, well, yeah, she might be... she might be ahead of me on the fairway. It's because she got a 10-yard, 20-yard head start. And it's all that kind of just really sort of i don't know like just really caveman like element to it of like well that's the only reason she's beat me is because she's 10 yards in front of me in the first place
1: i like can't even count like how many times someone has said to me like oh well you're only a good golf because you play off the red tees like oh well that score doesn't count she played off the forward tees like and it's ridiculous because you know i play off plus one and people say this to you and they're off like 20 handicaps like it's not even a remote similarity like if someone off scratch was saying to me, oh, well, I probably would have beaten you today because I played 50 yards back, like maybe I can see a close comparison there. But it's just like the the difference in golf, I don't think people really realize. Do
2: you think Do you think that actually does put uh, women off from playing golf is, is the attitude of, of a lot of men golfers, even, even on sort of recreational golf? Um, you know, it, I, again, I read somebody saying, I was playing with a load of men and um, yeah, they were moaning I was off the forward tee or whatever, or, or I'll be slower because I can, you know, I'm a hundred yards shorter, but I I was in fact a lot quicker because I knew where the ball was going, where they were trying to do Bryson DeChambeau and smashing it 250 (laughs) yards, you know, left into the trees and taking 10 minutes to find the ball. Um, But do you think women are put off by, by the attitude of golf clubs? Yeah, I think so. Definitely.
1: And I think, probably the thing that people don't realize is obviously when people make these comments, it's just like one small comment and they think, Oh, well, I'm just making a joke. Like there's not much to it. Like no one's going to care. But when someone says like something to you so many times, like repeated over, like it does become pretty demoralizing. Like if someone's telling you like every time you go to the golf club, like, Oh, you're not good enough. Cause you just play off the forward tees. Like that's the only reason you're good. And like they're very de- dismissive of you. Like, once you've heard that like a few thousand times over like years of playing it is very ingrained in you that like people have that attitude towards yeah. women golfers
0: it's hard yeah. to quantify Hannah but how much do you think so I mean just a, a one local golf club that I know uh of their membership quite well they've got about I think it's just over 300 male members and 45 uh, lady members and that's not because they put a cap on it that's just how many people have signed up mm-hmm. how much do you think it is that that women are not interested in general when there's just a bit of a lack of interest and how much do you think it is that like you say that people are just put off because it's it's really hard to tell the difference between and i think it goes back to the kind of thing of we, we've had you know in in recent years we've had Annika sorensen right has been a you know the most dominant female player of the time and and unfortunately, she was doing that at exactly the same time as Tiger Woods was doing his, so it <laughs> kind of gets overshadowed, which is really hard not to do when Tiger Woods is involved. And I was saying, do you think if there was, if if you know, if there was an American or an English uh, golfer that was as dominant? I know we've had sort of Laura Davis and people like that, but was as dominant as Annika Sorenstam during this time or in, in the next five years? Do you think that would really give women uh, a push and, and and young girls a push to get into the game more?
1: I think for sure there needs to be like more star names that are publicized out there. I don't think it's good enough to have just one person who's dominating and playing well without them being kind of branched out, you know, without brands putting their posters up in shops and putting them in commercials. It's about people seeing golf and seeing women playing golf and understanding like I am welcomed in that space. If every time you turn on Sky Sports and the golf's on, you see men playing, and every time you go into a sport shop and you see the golf branding with all men on it, you're not going to think, Oh, I'm going to try that out because you're not seeing yourself being represented by that sport.
0: Yeah, I completely agree. And I think that I, I worked at a golf club for a very short period of time and I'm going to work in another one and things like that. The, the one thing that when I came into the shop, because there, although there was a small group of ladies' members at this golf club, they were the most engaging, right? They came in, they had a chat mm-hmm. to you. They're really, they're really, um, really proud of their game, and really want to tell you about what they've done on the course, what you know, what their handicap had just dropped down, to, etc. They were always the ones who wanted to talk, and then they come into the shop, and they go, right, I'd love to buy, you know, a new jacket or a new pair of leggings, trousers, etc. Um, and there'd be this very small corner in the shop mm. of what they have available to buy versus 10 rows of really outdated men's jumpers that can't shift because no one wants them. So, But then the other flip side to that argument is that it's hard for pro shops to stock X amount of gear when there's only 45 women's golfers there that probably only 20 of them might actually buy something. It's really hard to get the balance right between providing enough choice and and exposing them to it without actually just costing yourself and... And it's, it's a really hard balance to get right, I think.
1: I remember it just—it was a nightmare, especially as a junior trying to get like girls' kit, especially <laughs> that could fit like anywhere near. You'd kind of learn like certain golf clubs that had decent gear, and you'd have to drive there to like get it or try it on. And I think like even now that's not quite, like particularly that much better. I think at my golf, club are quite lucky because the professional is a woman and that makes a massive difference. We have a lot more women and junior girls who play there just because of that. And also we have a better clothing section. But I also think it does come back to their brands in some ways. I mean, obviously I get a lot of press releases through and you can get something about a full new range of shoes or a full new range of clothes and there'll be like a three page long press release. I mean, I had one a few weeks ago and it was a three-page long press release there was like i say three quarters of it was new men's release and a quarter of it was with new women's releases and there was 14 words about the women's gear <laughs> That's ridiculous. on a three-page press release how and then these companies say to me how can we promote the, this stuff to the women better we want more women to buy our products and i was like you're sending me a press release, and you can't even bother to write enough information on the stuff. But you expect people to come and buy their stuff like it's ridiculous.
0: Yeah, I, I completely agree, and and that that's the toughest thing. Like, and that was, and I'm glad you mentioned. You said there that your your local pro is is a woman mm. because yeah. that was the other thing I was going to get to. And I don't know if Jason was sort of thinking along the same lines. Is that for me, like as a as a junior footballer, as a as a, a cricket player, golfer, whatever, my teacher will be. A bloke it'll be a guy and Mm -hmm. and and I feel comfortable with that and and you look up to your PE teacher and you love it and etc if you go to a golf club and you want to get golf lessons as a girl and and the pros a man and you don't have a choice but to have a man or a younger man I imagine it's probably quite it's not it's not always uncomfortable because a lot of people have done it and a lot of people coached by their dads etc but I imagine it it would uplift a lot of junior girls so they could go to a golf club and have Uh, a ladies pro teach them the game
1: definitely i think alex who's the pro at our club she does a lot of county regional stuff and you just see the engagement that the girls have with them is so much better just from the fact that one they're in kind of a group of girls from across the county having the lessons which they love and two like the people who are running it are actually females which is very rare in golf and i think that's quite quite like doing my job as well because I'm kind of representing women and having a face for that somewhat in the golf industry. I remember when i just started, I'd been doing this a few months and the the golf season started and I went out to play a few events again and I had some of the girls who were like international players. They're like plus three, plus four golfers and they're coming up to me like, it's so cool you're doing that job. Like I'd never even thought someone like us could like do that in the golf industry. And like suddenly they're really interested and they're asking questions like how do I get into that? And like, it's such a shame that girls who are like ridiculously good at the sport like, don't even think they would be like welcomed into the industry to work in it.
0: And and that's an important point. And Jason, I'll come to one of your points in a minute. But just to, to go back on, on what you said there, is do you think because of the past treatment of women in golf, do you think it's just assumed that it's really hard for you to get – because I don't know how hard it was for you to you currently work for National Club Golfer. I don't, as far as I know, you didn't face any – sort of push back into get into that company you, you, you got in and you're happy working there um do you think that there's an assumption that you can't get into it like you said there the, the ladies that you're playing with were saying that you know it's amazing to see you do it and they were just surprised that you got there is that a predetermined assumption based on past experiences of, of rising up the junior ranks and and really we just need to make it very you know a lot more clearer that that, that ladies are welcome in the space?
1: I think it's probably more that they don't see women doing those jobs very often, so they don't even think about like the possibility of it rather than maybe them assuming because of other areas of the game. I'm not really sure, but I think that would probably be why.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And Jason, just come on to one of your points. Yeah, I mean,
2: it, I think that's absolutely true. I think it's the people that are in charge and the people that are making decisions. I mean, it's a couple of quotes from uh CEO of, um, I don't know if you know, Foray Clothes. I think it is over in, in the States. Who says that so many people who are deciders are men, and that's great, but we have to educate them as to why their customers are undeserved. Uh, sorry, underserved, not undeserved. Um, and and it reminds me of, if you like, English cricket clubs, English rugby clubs, that generally the committees will vast majority would be men, quite understandably, but the the spokesman on the women's side of things will be very token. Um, mm-hmm. um, and I think that's the key. It is the key about younger people coming through, fighting for their place on the committee and, and making improvements throughout the sport and, and thinking about how to track. And I'm sure as the world moves on, as it has in very other, you know, many genres, um, that will happen, but it's just amazing to read. I mean, we'll go onto social media and reactions from men to, to women on social media golf, it's, which is stunning. Um, you know uh
1: it, depressing is more of the
2: yeah the, i mean <laughs> when <laughs> i say stunning i mean i mean I, i'm stunned at some of the stuff that I read. <laughs> you know what i mean i don't mean yeah. i don't mean like that um you know and, and obviously what happened at the match and stuff like that which hopefully we'll, we will cover uh, but i think it's just getting those people like yourself uh through the ranks and and just having that influence you obviously have influence sort of you know in journalism and and equipment and stuff like that and you are able to to have have that sort of say about pushing the right equipment through to the right players. You know, you're not, you're not old. You're not, you're not a fuddy daddy. You know what women want to wear if you're on the golf course to feel comfortable. Um, not to have, as Tom says, last year's Pringle jumpers that they couldn't sell you know, <laughs> stuck in the corner. Do you know what I mean? Um, and, and maybe it's because of that. I mean, Tom, you brought up the, that uh, you might bring it up later about the uh, pay gap. Uh, Billie Jean King, when she was um, talking about um, getting the, the pay gap sort of shortened between the men and the women in tennis, she said, We need the men. They're in charge most of the time. Um, and, mm-hmm. and it's a very real, as, as, a, as a, you know, as something of a man, um, it's really quite horrible to read, to be honest with you, when when women who are, who are big, strong women that are trying to stand up for, for women in sport and in life generally actually say, yeah. We need the men. Men are in charge. Blah, blah, blah. They make the decisions. We just need to change their mind. Um, Yeah, I I found it quite, quite. you know, it stopped me, really, reading that. I don't know how you you feel about that, really. You know, committees are basically 90% men, and a lot of them are old fuddy-duddies.
1: Yeah, I also read an article recently that basically said you needed about 80% women on a committee for the women to even be listened to equally as the men in the room, which is also a bit terrifying. But I think the point you make on like committees is a very good one. I remember in our local area, we have unions that sit just under counties. So you can play for your local union team or your club can have a junior team that competes within the union. And when I had my handicap low enough to play in the junior team, I wasn't allowed to play because I was a girl. Um, it was a union rule that was a boy, junior teams were boys only. Um And to be fair to my club, they were very supportive of me and appealed this for numerous years until it got changed. But I remember um, one of the meetings they went to and they'd put this proposal forward saying that girls should be allowed to play, obviously, and that it was ridiculous. And one of the presidents just stood up and said, well, we've seen Michelle Wee's tried it. She tried to compete with the men. She was unsuccessful. Women have no place in this league. We will not be allowing them to play. And this committee's like all men, and they stay on from when they started until they die. That's right.
0: (laughs) That's the thing, isn't it? It's unchallenged. That that's the frightening thing is that no one will stand up and say, you know, there's not other men challenging the men saying that's a really uh, prehistoric attitude. It's this this girl (laughs) is excellent at golf. It doesn't matter that she's a girl she qualifies she meets the criteria let's 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 not use an example of Michelle Wee playing one event or two events or whatever it was and she missed a cut I mean she had like she had a couple of great rounds it just you know we see, we see male golfers shoot 80 80 on Thursday and Friday and miss a cut it just happens to be that the one hope it's almost like right we gave you one chance mm. and you weren't quite good <laughs> enough so that's it that's that's your chance gone and, and that's really a frightening thing to to deal with i
1: know it was just ridiculous the amount of times in junior golf that like we wouldn't be allowed to play in stuff in my club just because like we were girls not due to any fault at my golf club but because of the local union and i remember eventually they did let us in but then we had to have chaperones to be allowed to play against the boys so <sighs> if i wanted to play in a one-to-one match against a boy from another club for my junior team i mean even at one point i was 17 so i could drive myself to the match from school but then i had to have someone walk around with me to chaperone for the match that's just
0: it's just ridiculous isn't it and do you think i mean i I don't know quite because obviously you're a plus one goal for hannah do you think that if the attitude had been slightly different when you were younger do you think you'd have tried to pursue a professional career and goal do you think there was enough to put you off do you think was it a talent level thing that you didn't quite get there or do you think it was just the access and, and things like that, that didn't lead you down that path
1: I think it's like a perception thing with kind of women and golf and careers especially I see it now because I work with some of the England squads um, and it's very interesting looking at the parents of the boys squads and the parents of the girl squads because <laughs> You see a huge difference in like oh well my son, he's looking to be a pro, like this is the pathway we're going on compared to my daughter's in this pathway, she's doing it, but she's gotta do a schoolwork. You know, that's that's the most important. Yeah, she needs that for a career. It's it's very different between like a hobby and like a career path. And like that makes a massive difference. Um I was I did a lot of academics, um, alongside my golf, which didn't really give me the opportunity to probably do it full time. I think if I went back, I would have loved to change that. But there's nothing I can really do about that now. But it's definitely a perception thing that there's not the opportunity in golf. There's not the money. There's not the career options, and it's just a hobby for girls. Sports are just hobbies. They're not kind of career aspirations.
0: And that's the thing, isn't it? If 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 a a young uh, you know a young mother or, or parent a set of parents saw that the women were playing for the 10 million tour championship bonus, mm-hmm. they probably wouldn't detract you from saying, like, if you were really, really good, they'd encourage it, wouldn't they? But at the moment, they're just seeing, like, okay, well, you're playing for, I think it's 83% less than the men are playing for. So unless you are world number one or top 10 throughout your whole career, really and truly women's golf isn't going to to give you the, the career you need. And And that's the... That's the worrying thing. And it's, it's funny what you say about parents because as a as a football coach when I was younger, you, you had dads come up to you all the time saying, like, I want my son to be a professional footballer. What do I need to change? <laughs> well, first of all, he needs to be better at football. Um, he's not actually <laughs> that good. Um, you know, it, it's not as simple as I can tell you to practice this and that and, and, you know, you change your diet regimen, he'll be a professional footballer. But there is this mm-hmm. kind of, I think dads and, you know, even mums to a certain extent are more um able to boast about their, their young boys' uh sporting abilities and the young girls I think sometimes they shy away mm-hmm. from it as of how impressive a young girl is at sport. I mean, like I said I go back to the um America versus England debate. When I was when I was over there and I was coaching in America the parents of, of the girls were very none of them were pushy but they realized that their girls were really really good the girls beat the boys an awful lot in our mixed practices but they're a lot more open to it and they're a lot more encouraging of the girls and i just wonder if it's a kind of like you say a perception and a and a stigma in that we kind of put on ourselves as as a society over here that doesn't drive it towards pushing it into a into a career like you
3: said
1: Yeah, I think the difference in funding for sports over here and over there is massive, though. And Obviously, over there, especially at university level, I know they have to equally fund their men's and women's programs. So that's why you see so many people going to the States now, especially women, um, to do golf scholarships, because there's so many more opportunities there. I think that's definitely a big one that we're seeing a lot more girls taking that opportunity up now. I wish it kind of would have been thrown at me a bit more (laughs) when I was that age. Yeah,
3: absolutely. (laughs) Um,
1: but
0: yeah, that just the system over there—they have to support that—is just incredible. Yeah, but for, we we want to transition with Jason. I've got a lot when I go into the sort of professional game and get your opinion on that. But just before we do, going back to sort of the the, the job that you do—you know, you're the equipment editor of National Club Golf. Uh, your job is to review the clubs that you know use week to week by whoever wins. You look at the winning bag. You look at the new press releases, etc. All the equipment that comes out. Does it frustrate you when you're typing up everything that you type up, and as great as it is, that you're talking predominantly about male equipment, that you're not talking? You know, you might talk about a, a lady's driver once in however much. There's all. Mm-hmm. There always seems to be that we're talking about the sim 2 and it's and it's the it's the male golfer, and it's Dustin Johnson hitting the tee shot, and we're not seeing that the female counterpart, Charlie Hole, hitting the same club. Does it does it frustrate you? I know, you, obviously, you've done a, a recent uh, article with with the latest FootJoy like clothing release, and and there is a, a little bit of a mix there, but again, it's predominantly the pictures that you've you've been sent over are predominantly a, a wardrobe of men's polo shirts, and actually, it attracted me to look for some for myself. But I think it'd be very quick for a lady <laughs> to actually um, very quickly become disinterested because it wasn't aimed at her, if you like, even though you as a lady were the one writing the article.
1: Mhm. Yeah. Well, first off, the thing that frustrates me the most is that when someone looks at, say, the Sim 2, they think it's a men's club yeah. and that it's advertised like that. It's a golf club.
3: <laughs> yeah.
1: It doesn't know who's at the end of it. It knows that I swing at 95 mile an hour and I need this shaft and this club head and this loft. But personally, I don't think there should be ladies' equipment. <laughs> I don't think there should be men's equipment. There should be golf clubs, which yeah. I think should be categorised by swing speed. Because that is the thing that's going to affect you ultimately the most in terms of kind of shaft, lock, spin, that kind of thing. I I really hate the fact that you get all this kind of exciting, glamorous, like sexy new blades coming out and CBs and beautiful new drivers, and they're all advertised as men's clubs. <laughs> and then the latest clubs come out and they're like a game improvement range. Oh, but yeah. What does, what does that perceive to the general public? It perceives that if you're a woman and you're a golfer you need game improvement clubs because you're not very good but if you're a man you can have blades and a new high-tech low-spin driver because you're a good golfer well that's not the perception people should have (laughs) like no there are all abilities of golfers in both genders so you should have golf clubs that suit that ability
0: absolutely and and that's the thing is i remember and it's it's funny because you see the look on people's faces change when they're being told this but and i think in recent years I've seen uh, a friend and I've seen a family member go to a golf shop, and they've said you should actually have graphite shafts in your irons. Um, mm-hmm. We'll put a, a lady shaft in there for you because it will help with your launch, etc. And it's like it's ridiculous because then immediately they're just put off rather than just calling it a graphite shaft and it and that's what it is and that will help your game. It categorizes a ladies you know, ladies shaft or or, or a, a senior staff, or whatever. It should just be like you say. <laughs> it should just be regular stiff, extra stiff, or like you say, just categorize on swing speed because you will swing in the club faster than I would. You know, there's there's not even a comparison. You will launch it twenty yards past me, thirty yards past. I don't even know. I dread to think. But it that it that's the that's the perception that people don't see, don't they? And like you say, it's right, well, this is the, the men's sim two. Oh, do they do a women's one? Well, of course they do. It's just a head. It's just a, literally a bit of carbon and, and plastic put on the end of a, of a shaft. And, and what what the tool is in between it is what's given to the person that holds the end of it. It That is the problem, isn't it? It's, it's almost how it's advertised in the media. And I guess there's definitely a responsibility from the manufacturer's side to, to change the attitude towards that.
1: I think it's the stereotype that it creates, which is like the biggest issue I have. I actually ironically think in terms of performance it's probably say like your seniors or people who would suit those lighter clubs who are not women <laughs> that actually miss out in terms of performance yeah. because they're losing a product that they really need i guess in that terms you can kind of see with say the tight list with the tsi one they're doing where that's a lightweight offering it's not labeled as seniors it's not labeled as women's it's just a golf club that's lighter than the rest of the range so something like that is much more where i should see things probably being categorized
0: yeah, I completely agree, and that, and that it is like you say, it's just a, a completely change of attitude. It's it's not okay. Well, let's put this shaft in there because it suits you. But by the way, that's what we generally fit ladies or seniors into. It's mm-hmm. this is this is what matches your swing speed. This is going to make you play better golf, and and just put it like that. Because I think if you, it's almost like you see those kind of blind taste tests, don't you? Of of, <laughs> of of own brand cola versus Pepsi or whatever, and they did a test, and it's like, well, if you completely take away the stereotype and and the um, you know the predetermination factors in your own head, and just try it and tell me which one performs better. You'll you'll pick the one that's more suitable. And I think that applies certainly to golf. Mm-hmm. And and hopefully, I think that I think I think there's definitely we're heading in the right direction. It's just it's just we're so far behind where we should be that that it's going to take longer than it should to catch up. But like you say, but it's
1: definitely it's, the most frustrating thing is when like someone just brings out a club. And it's, like, exactly the same. Yeah. Maybe it has a smaller grip, like, maximum. And they just spray paint it pink or put some, <laughs> like, flowers on it. Like, stop. Like, just because they're girls doesn't mean, like, they want it pink. Like, I do happen to like pink. But seriously, like, <laughs> what? I just don't understand what goes through, like, the mindset there.
0: That, that's the thing, isn't it? That, that is it? That thats how they th- they think that they're being open and they're being more inclusive by spraying it pink or adding that little bit of detail well no being more inclusive would just say that everyone's welcome to use the same club and it's suitable for everyone depending on your skill level and and that's what we've kind of got to get a head around
1: i do think it's difficult as well because because if you go into a big equipment store say you were just going to walk into like american golf or somewhere
3: yeah
1: women aren't up on the banners and they are up on the adverts. so if you go in and there's not a set of pink irons in front of you how do you know which ones for you like that i think it's kind of a minefield for people who are not necessarily educated on equipment and they don't know what they're picking up so where that is hitting the market is the fact that a woman can go into a pro shop there's a ladies label on it and it's pink and they know oh well, i can just buy that club but it doesn't necessarily mean it suits them but no. i think that's why a lot of people buy them because it's just a comfort thing they know well oh well that's meant for me but mm. is it actually
0: yeah <laughs> actually no.
1: designed for them
0: I completely agree and that is that is the saddest thing isn't it is that is that is the only way you can identify is by putting this big label on it or a big you know big bright pink color to say well this one this is the one you should buy because we don't actually have we've not actually put a, a wide range selection in there although the fact that if you come and got fitted in exactly if me and you walked into a gold shop uh we could go and get fitted for the exact same irons and you'd have higher specs than i would and better more professional specs than i would because you swing it faster than i do but Everyone else would just go. Well, Hannah, you go over there, and there's that, there's that, there's that bright pink driver that will suit you, and someone can go and check the black one. It, it it's just absolutely absurd, and, and that's the sort of thing that I think definitely at a junior level, is there's always this focus of oh, if we tailor it to to a junior girl they'll suit it. Well, no, just include them in in everything, and just mm-hmm. say that it's all, ev- everyone has the same equipment we're all playing off the same field don't call it a ladies tee and a men's tee just call it a forward and a back tee and once you start hitting it a bit further you move back is it it would be as mm. simple as that and then that would be more inclusive jason no. also
1: what i kind of hear about the tee argument is the like like i'm quite small i'm only five foot four there's yeah. a limit to how far i can hit it like <laughs> no matter how good i get my technique like there is a point and there's also like structural differences between men and women you know we have different pelvis sizes. They sit at different angles. That's That affects how much power you can produce. We have different muscle structures. Men have much more fast twitch fibres, which is going to help again with a sport like golf, which is very power-based. So I physically can't hit it as far as like some people. So I should be able to play off a forward tee. I don't think there should be a stigma attached to the fact that I'm playing off the front tee.
0: <laughs> no, no. I, I completely agree with that. I just think that that is... It is literally instead of being broken down like you just said there with the fast switch, you know everything. Everything you said there is what people don't want to hear. They just they just want to hear, okay, well women play there and men play here, and it's just that's just the way it is. It's not because of any reason. That's just what we've been told to do. And it's red, and, and this is yellow or white, and that is where we stand. It's just there's so much more to it, and um, you know that one of the things that we we speak about in the in the ladies' professional game, especially, is how good they are with woods and hybrids mm-hmm. and and things like that and that's because they're forced to use those those clubs you know um you would you would be ridiculously more accurate of a 200 yard shot than i would be with 120 yards even if i did even if i did hit it further because you've practiced that that shot even more and that's what people haven't realized and and this is where we'll segue jason into the professional game is is just how much talent is involved at that professional level that that you know, the wider audience don't see because it's just not documented on, on Sky Sports or, or wherever often enough. Yeah, before It's interesting we
1: go... what you say about the hybrids there, actually, because I remember when I was back with my county coach quite a few years ago and we were going through our kind of data and our dispersions with different clubs and I hit my hybrids closer than the boys had their wedges at one point, <laughs> which was obscene like it wasn't the it wasn't that consistency through the bag, but just with hybrids in particular it's like different level,
0: <laughs> yeah it's crazy isn't it and that, and that and that's what we do find and 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 that's what i mean it, and again that isn't exclusive to women webb simpson is is ridiculous with a hybrid and a wood in his hand compared mm-hmm. to some of the people with irons because he doesn't hit it as far it's just, it's just the the physical makeup of everybody, not just women versus men it's it's short hitters versus longer hitters. And, and and you'll start to realise that if we can start seeing more on TV, Jason, of, the, of these players playing at a high level.
2: Yeah, firstly, obviously, the pink drivers are made for Bubba Watson anyway. So they're not <laughs> for you. They're not for you <laughs> women anyway. They're all for Bubba when he walks into your local shop. Um, yeah, I mean, look, the, the most obvious thing was uh, last year, um, obviously during lockdown, um, we had the match. And mm-hmm. for me, that was quite clearly, obviously, You know, a a perfect example of of how you could run men and women as a charity match. A bit of fun, not too serious, to showcase the women's game and, and, you know, and the top stars of the game. Um, Obviously, we had Rory and DJ and Ricky Fowler and uh, Matt Wolfe. Before we speak about Mel Reid, I think the uh, chief brand and and, um, officer for the LPGA, you'll you'll know better than me, I would imagine, Roberta Bowman said that it was a missed opportunity Taylor Mm -hmm. made who sponsored most of it uh, if not all of it had the likes of Charlie Hull uh, Park etc on their books and I don't think they mentioned getting a woman involved at all in any of this Mel Reed obviously said is golf really back Um, and that was taken out of context as she said it probably was because men on social media are vile she got tremendous abuse from it but it it made perfect sense for that to be um the showcase for men and women's golf on the same course showing the skill i mean the the women's game people don't see enough of it and that's the problem it's getting it out there the skill involved you know from 130 150 yards is as equal i mean obviously you've got the top 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 grade but you know you don't have to go that far down and and some of the spin some of the control on the on the irons is absolutely staggering and i I don't know how you felt um when those sort of comments came out um when you saw that that there it was you know hours of live coverage for every single person who's not going to work at all so they everybody interested in golf would be watching it and there was nothing for women at all apart from that klpga tournament that was hidden away no
1: yeah i just a hundred percent agreed with like mel reed in that whole scenario i think That match was screaming for, like, a Maria Fassi who literally lives in that state and bombs it, like, 300 yards (laughs) and would have fit perfectly in that group. I mean, she plays TaylorMade already. I think what people don't get from Mel's, like, tweet is what she's saying is it's not necessarily about the fact there was no one in that particular match. It's the fact that every single time there's a match like that, no one even thinks to put a woman in it. Mm. Like, it's not that a woman needs to be in every single one or it needs to be all women or anything like that it's the fact that it's never even thought about or put on the table and it's it's like this unconscious bias that no one thinks oh we should put a woman in this group like that's part of golf and she is right like is golf back golf's not men's golf golf is like anyone who can play it so I think so many people were vital to her about it but I couldn't agree more with what she said
0: I think that's the thing isn't it I think that people see it as oh well, she's playing the victim card, and it's not a victim card. It's just it's just simply that like it wouldn't have taken anything. I know they were tailor made players, so forget they were tailor made for the tailor made driving relief, whatever. Let's just to say it was when it was Tiger Woods versus Phil Mickelson. It wouldn't have taken anything for it to be, um, you know, Phil Mickelson and Annika Sorensen against Tiger, and you know Nancy Lopez or whoever. So you know it could have been. A four, you know, a foursomes match like that, and they've they've talked about it in the, doing it in the Olympics. You could do a Solheim Rider Cup mix, etc. There, there could be all these sort of things. It doesn't have to be like it was with the, the tennis, where it was you know, Birdie Joe King again. Yeah, you know, it doesn't have to be a men versus women. It could just be inclusive of the two and being able to put everyone's skill set out there and see how good we all are as as a human race, <laughs> rather than than men and women and comparing the two.
1: I think the big thing people miss about that tailor made match is everyone's up in the comments saying, oh, it's a tailormade thing. Like, they didn't have, a- they might not have had athletes in that area. Like, it had to be a tailor made player. And then they forget Ricky Fowler played in that and he has one piece of tailor equipment in his <laughs> back. Seeing so, you know, that Tailor paid for this massive event and then they basically paid to have all the Cobra clubs like shown for four hours online there when they could have had someone with a full bag of tailormade equipment in that spot. So. I think that argument is almost invalid in a sense from that point of view. But then I think in terms of like just women being involved on the table, like there's so many other opportunities. I think the President's Cup is one that's just screaming out. Like there are so many strong international women golfers and that the, the international side haven't won that event for years. And I think it would just be amazing to have something in that way. Even if the singles stayed the same, so women played women, men played against the men, but there was some element of mixed foursomes or mixed four ball that would be incredible.
2: So, so just bringing that forward, just I'm, I'm going to jump um, a year. Um, what do you make of the new event in uh, Galgom in August uh, with the European Tour, LPGA, and LET all getting together, playing at exactly the same time? That looks that's a, that to me is a terrific. Um, a a terrific step forward um and fair play to um is it modest golf management no horan's management who's to you know you're you're on the inside i'm I'm looking at from the outside but for me he he um you know he's one of those that can revolutionize golf he's got enough he's got enough interest and he's certainly got enough uh foresight to to revolutionize the game I, i think this is a absolutely fantastic idea
1: yeah, I think Niall, because of his profile and also his age, the demographic, the people, mm. he lo- the people who look up to him, is like a really good person to be a kind of spokesperson for golf. But also I think like that event is really good and having one offside like that where all the tours are together. But I think sometimes the problem is men then think it's kind of women against men almost. Yeah. And it's not really about that. It's about both having like an equal platform.
0: But no, right, I, so- I, I agree with that. I think that's that, that I think that's the, the trouble. They're trying to see it as like, you know, um, well, the ladies are going to play from the set tees, the men are going to play from other tees, and and it will be whether a lady can finish in the top five against the same players on the same course. And then then you'll just get those comments again that, oh, well, she's only in the top five because she could play 20 yards further ahead. It's, it's not... You, you want to see them sort of co you know like it i think the always oh, a scenario you said the president's cup there you could you could do away with the president's cup as as far as i'm concerned keep the right up and sole home cup as separate and then make that a mixed event and mm-hmm. just and just have it as a foursome or four balls format where the, they're playing together and showing what they can do and how they can combine their talents as opposed to going up against one another
1: yeah i don't really love the idea of everyone going up against each other to be honest in that format i think like it's better, maybe as a one-off event, it's nice, but I definitely agree with you in terms of seeing people play mixed like foursomes, four ball, whatever it was, that would be like a really exciting showcase, you know? Someone can't say, oh, well, she won because she was off forward tees if, you know, Lexi and Bryson are playing together against the Corders and Ricky Fowler because it's irrelevant There's one of each off both sets of tees. But I think that would be such exciting viewing and imagine, like, how many people that would bring to watching it. Even if you're someone who sat home and I don't know your partner's watching the golf, and suddenly there's women playing at the same time. You think, oh well, maybe I should go to the driving range at the weekend when he goes, and I'll try that and see what it's like.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I think this this is where, and Jason, we, we spoke before, didn't we, about tennis and golf as parallels? The mixed doubles has been a factor in in mm-hmm. tennis for an awful long time, and it, I know, and, and and this is going to take me to another point, and and Jason, I will. That you come to point at sec as well, is that serena williams and venus williams were such a captivating athletes in their sport and they were the perfect people to build you know to bridge the gap and and actually you know all of the um the the grand slams are all the same purses aren't they because of them because of what they did um and and again it's because you can view them as playing together and and having that leading light of, of someone so dominant in their sport do you think that if there was a a dominant, you know, we spoke about earlier. Do you think there was a big leading U.S. golfer that that they could get behind at an Olympic stage, that would that would that change anything? I don't know because the the, the biggest thing that happened was like the U.S. women's national team took a massive, you know, they took everyone to court over that the pay that they weren't getting at the World Cup versus the men, and the, you know where they were outperforming them. Do you think there's something like that, that needs to happen in golf to really force it? As opposed to just waiting for it to happen.
1: I think it's about big players, but also big personalities and almost branding of that. I remember yeah. when I was younger, like I was obsessed with Paula Creamer, like she was the Pink yeah. Panther. Like I had her head cover, I had her golf shoes. I would like wear pink, like I thought that that was so cool. <laughs> but there's a story to that, and there's a narrative, and there's things you can buy into, and I can dress up to look like her. And I I remember also around the same time, like Adidas did loads of good stuff like that. Like they had the Natalie Goulbert shoes and stuff like that. And I had them as well. Whereas now like, it's like, if I go and buy say Adidas kit again, I really like it, but there's no same narrative there. Like it's not, well, this is the Danielle Kang range and she's designed these shoes, especially like this. And she likes wearing this color. And this is statement in the same way that, you know, DJ would wear like this pair of shoes and he wears them in this color. So I would buy it like that yeah, yeah. And, and yet and yet you have got them coming through haven't you like
2: we discussed the quarter sisters coming through you know winning mm-hmm. the last two that there is a lot of potential there you know um Sophia Popov you know off off of you know Symmetra Tour and then Cactus Tour which which got tremendous amounts of coverage during lockdown um I mean they they just you know, their, their coverage must have increased numerous fold on social media she's come through obviously and, and then to win you know yeah. in the Open. Emily Pedersen again you know four wins last year um, from nowhere to what's your top 70 I think in the world now there are there are there is I know what you mean by by um, personality because you'd like to see one of them step forward maybe like a Laura Davis so quite outspoken quite um, um, sort of easy to have a pint with for one of the better <laughs> term. do you know what I mean
1: um, almost like a Ricky Fowler, though. You know this is his branding. Ricky. The kids will turn up in Absolutely. bright orange clothes. And it doesn't mean he's world number one this week. But he's still a really great golfer. He has this big profile. And he has a personality that people like. It's almost infectious. They want to dress up like that. And they want to get involved. I think it's people like that. I think Charlie Hull at the moment is probably the nearest person we have. I think Taylor made are doing a great job of kind of boosting her profile more. So hopefully, well, I think definitely with young girls, you can see, like, she's a real star, if if anything on social media. is like, win a Charlie Hall cap, like, go on, it goes mad. So mm. I think, yeah, definitely she's someone who's starting to do something like that, but you need more than one of those players.
0: And also, I think that... It- it's a, you say about personalities, and, it, and it's a, I suppose it's a fear of putting yourself out there as a personality because mm-hmm. of the attitudes towards men. When you do put yourself out as a personality, it's like, oh God, she's she's attention seeking. She's doing this. She's doing that. She's she's shoving all this brand in my face. It's exactly the same as what the men do. It's exactly what they're paid to do per post. It's just that because women do it, and and men are predominantly the people that are following them on on Instagram. That that it's, it is the perception of everybody else as opposed to and and kind of. That the Pumas and the Adidas and that are, mm-hmm. are not giving them the push because they they're struggling to deal with the backlash and and the worry of what that might cause when they do do it.
1: I think there's two different things here. Like, one, if we take Charlie for example again, like awesome golfer. I mean, probably the best ball striker I've actually ever seen in person. It's incredible. I went last year. I went to an iron fitting at Wentworth, and she was literally hitting like two irons out of divots, like dead straight down the range and I was like oh my god and then I follow her on social media and I think if I was her and I had to read all these comments that like under every picture I post like I would not post a picture every day like you have to have very thick skin to be able to like and she's not even putting like dramatic stuff up there and some of the comments are like just ridiculous but then on the other hand in terms of like brands who are kind of promoting like influencers I do find it very frustrating when there's kind of people who are not really golfers but they're like models and brands choose to use them to promote (laughs) the stuff instead of like actual golfers who are like struggling to make ends meet like you've got girls on the let who are like really incredible players but no one will sponsor them but they will give clothes and pay people for influences well that's not really helping grow the game and like a lot of these influencers are saying oh well i'm Trying to grow women's sport, but they're not because you look at the followers and it's like ninety-five percent men. Yeah. So it's like this conflict of interest. Like one, you want people to be able to see golf more freely on social media, but also like who are you promoting and who are you helping up the game while you're doing that?
0: I think that's an incredible point because me and Jason spoke about the types of people. We won't mention names of who they are, but that there are certain personalities in in the ladies golf space that are, they're not that they may be professionals and they may have had a decent ability they may you know they may have a similar handicap to yourself but they're not they're not playing tour golf and yet they're the ones that are sponsored by PxG or they're the ones that are sponsored to wear Adidas clothing you know and and then you've got these ladies that are literally paying 600 dollars to enter an event they're paying 400 dollars for an airfare they're paying Hundred dollars to their caddy on top of like their expenses, and then by the time they finish top ten, they've lost three hundred dollars. And it's like, but well, they could be paid X amount to wear Adidas or Puma or etc. They're just not because it's so much easier to give it to an influencer that's going to stir the pot and and get a load of comments and reach. And and that's the kind of the horrible part of the influencers and and, and the social media that kind of does take the the money out the pockets of people that may be more deserving.
1: Yeah, and I think it's so hard because you can understand it from the brand's point of view, like they want exposure. But I also think in the long term, if they chose to do it from more almost grassroots and pick those kind of amateurs coming up or the young players who need the support, over time they're going to get more exposure from that than they are in that kind of instant one hit now. It's just, it's really frustrating. Like I even feel bad sometimes when I get like clubs to review and like I'm actually reviewing them. I'm writing about them. I'm thinking, well, someone could have sent these to someone on the LET who was having to like peer for a golf club. So, like, I remember when oh, I, people who were world number one at the time were having to peer for fairway woods because people wouldn't give it them, and it's like it's just absolutely ridiculous.
3: Yeah, yeah. I, I think.
2: Sorry, sorry. I mean, I think you know uh, there are plenty of stories through Dan. I mean, uh, uh, Ryan Monday Q School. who posted Monday Q School on mm-hmm. Twitter. He was obviously doing an awful lot of work during lockdown. Um, some of the stories he was coming out with were just staggering. You know, people playing, paying to play golf, then going off to stack a shelf during the dat. You know, in the evening, waking up and coming back to play golf. Um, mm-hmm. And I think these are the things. Yeah, the, the problem is they're only out there for the avid golf fan. Um, and I know that's how it starts. But you, you have to be a golf fan to follow him. So you have you, to identify that. Yeah. Whereas as you rightly say, the brands have got the money, um, to put everything out there. Um, I mean, you know, is it the brands to blame? Is it, is it the, um, is it the leaders of the tours? Um, you know, what is it? Committees? But Somebody's got to take a stand, haven't they? At some point and do it. And, and who's going to do that first?
1: I think it's a shared ownership, really. I think everyone needs to do a little bit more. I don't think it's one person can't do this. And I don't think just the brands can do it and grassroots can't do it either. I think it needs to be a mix of things, you know, could we offer junior girls cheaper membership? Could we do more girls workshops? I mean, all this recent RNA distance debate, <laughs> and I said, well, how much does that survey cost? Could you have put that into funding more women's <laughs> golf workshops? Because, you know, who really cares like if the ball's going three yards further? What is the biggest problem here? Like, is it growing the game or like how far the ball flies? I think there's just so many opportunities, but it can't be done on one level. It needs to be inclusive across the board, or it's just not going to
0: work. And and that's the thing. Going back to um, the the ladies having to pay for the clubs, it was ZU Lim was made to pay for a Mizuno irons um, because mm-hmm. that Mizuno basically said they couldn't get an iron to her in in a week's time because you know, and she wasn't sponsored by them, but. The, the whole attitude was if if uh, i don't know if paul casey decided he wanted to change his driver one week every company would be able to shit one into him overnight and he'd be absolutely fine and lisa uh, cornwell who was at the part of the golf channel was sort of raised this point while she was doing it she was on the golf channel and then basically got she didn't get fired but she got pigeonholed into doing events she didn't want to do and and mistreated and and given a, a really frosty reception by a lot of people, and eventually had to sort of walk away because of the, because she dared raise the point because because it makes you look bad, and everyone's just so afraid of of looking bad, and not and like you say it's so much easier to do the one hit wonder of of putting one Instagram person up as opposed to actually helping the people that need it, um and and the stories like that, I mean, uh, like you say, you you were sent clubs to review, and and so you know that equipment manufacturers can do this and yet they're not doing it for the people that are actually going to raise their profile on a, on a global stage.
1: Mm-hmm. I think you almost hit the nail on the head at like the start of this podcast when you said like you've been trying to find someone to come on and mm. talk about this. It's like the fact that I basically can almost guarantee that as soon as this goes up, like I will get some backlash from it in some way or another, but like I'm thick skin enough to just accept it, and I've been around golf enough to kind of just be used to it, but it's that side of things that people don't see. And I just think it's ridiculous (laughs) Like in this day and age that someone can't stick up for something they believe like that. Like, it's very obvious. Like it's just an unconscious bias that someone's chosen not to send her the clubs that if that was Brooks Kepka, like they would have been there with 24 hours. Like it's not a question of a matter. It, it wasn't a, we can't do that. It was a, we're not going to do that. It was a choice and there's a difference
0: yeah and that 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 is the frightening thing and like you say a good point is that we we don't get the audience on it and i guess that's another thing is that like we as a podcast cover two events every week right we cover the european tour and we cover the pga tour the reason we don't feel comfortable covering the lpga tour is because we don't see enough of it to to understand the, the the individuals themselves i mean mm-hmm. we can all read the data of where they finished each week we know who the best players are i can like you know i can list off the top 10 women's golfers but i don't watch it enough in depth i'd feel almost fraudulent to talk about it because i don't feel research enough and that's because it's not put in my face and and i was saying earlier that NBC have actually signed a deal this year where they're they're showing 35 events uh, across NBC and the Golf Channel on the LPGA Tour, and that's a massive step forward compared to what they really get. But then that's got to transcend to, to being shown correctly over in the UK, because as you spoke, as we spoke off air, uh, Hannah, you were really frustrated last week. Annika Soroson was playing in her first event for however long it was, and you had to rely on a really crappy YouTube feed that only cut, you know, only played for a minute before there was an advert <laughs> or cut out to to try and follow that event. That. That's that the was problem.
1: so frustrating. And then in the second round, she was off early, so you couldn't even watch her because there was nothing. So <laughs> I was like, if she misses the cut, I'm going to be so annoyed because I've seen like approximately half a round maximum of her golf. Like, if people can't broadcast it when like Annika is playing for the first time in like 13 years, that's just absolutely obscene. Like, what hope do we have for the rest of the year?
0: yeah and and that and that's the thing that you know there's always just like okay well it's available on the red button if you want it and it's like yeah but that's not the point because you're trying to pit it up against you're comparing it to the wgc and it's it's the wrong time to try and put down the red button or you know let's go and see a really lesser quality coverage of it on youtube because there's no one really commenting on it you haven't got a you haven't got a whole tv package i i you know we spoke jason the other day or you know i put a bit of a twitter rant that I watched Simon Holmes break down Brits Kepka's goal swing for half an hour, which is completely unrelatable to the entire, basically <laughs> 99% of the population of the viewers because we can't swing it like Brits Kepka. They could have spent that half an hour going over what was happening on the LPGA. They could have had uh, a lady golfer in in there uh, talking about it. They've had Insi Mehmet on recently doing a lot of presenting. They could have had her on there breaking down that event and giving us a bit more information and showing some highlights, as opposed to just talking absolute nonsense about the the event we've already been watching.
1: Also, how frustrating is it that like, okay, you've come to the golf channel, but if you want to watch women's like, you have to go to some like back channel to watch it. Like, yeah. it's not good enough. Like, you have to go around here. You almost have to like find it through a weird maze to be it's able not to. Bootleg,
0: isn't it? It's not, it's not I know. Like a real event.
1: Why can't you put the WGC on for an hour on main channel and then the LPGA and you just swap between the red buttons? So at least when someone comes on at one point they could see the LPGA on the main channel. Doesn't mean the WGC is not there, but you can alternate the ways it's viewed or you know, every other day it's on the red button for the WGC or this. I watch a lot of my Sky Sports like, upstairs. I still live at home, so I have a like computer up in my room and I watch it through Sky Go. Can't yeah. get red button. No,
0: exactly. I can't
1: watch the women's golf. Does my head in.
0: Yeah, and that was the thing I was going to say, is not everyone's got the red button. Everyone's got... You know, like you say, Sky Go now TV, etc. is not, it's not, it's not, you know, there's a lot of people that complain about not being able to show a lot of golf on BBC because it's not free to air and you yeah, have to pay for Sky, but then you've got the people that pay for Sky and still can't access it because <laughs> because it's not, it's just not there, is it? And that, and 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 this is the thing, and and we were saying that from a business perspective, it's hard for a business to ask a business for a hundred thousand pounds for a sponsorship of a golf event um and then and then say to them well by the way it's not actually covered on tv and you know no one's actually going to see your logo anywhere there's not going to be many mm-hmm. people at the, at the event itself but it almost needs that kind of money in the event and the money has to come first before people get you know invested in it. it is it's kind of like the chicken and egg theory of 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 how do you actually get it moving? Because we could sit here for the next 100 years saying, well, there's not as many people viewing golf, uh, women's golf, as men's golf, so we're not going to apply the same amount of funds for it.
1: Yeah, but at least if you're going to put it on YouTube, like do a proper show. <laughs> yeah. It, I would not really have that many arguments if I could go onto YouTube and watch it properly, and I could actually have the commentary, and it was like watching the PGA on Sky Sports. And also, you could argue. Youngsters these days are probably a lot more likely to be on YouTube than on Sky yeah. Sports, but it's like the level of coverage you're giving it.
0: Yeah, I think, and and that's another thing. There is like Twitch is like an absolute phenomenon for like mm-hmm. young kids. Amazon Prime uh, signed. They've just signed a deal with the PGA Tour to show every single goal shot of every single player in every tournament. There must be a way to put a, an LPGA and an LET channel on those things to do it. Yeah. It's just. It's just they're waiting for the viewers to come first, aren't they, Jason, as opposed to, well, to giving it to them first?
2: Well, let's not forget, I go back to lockdown and the Cactus and Outlaw. We were getting coverage from mobile phones
3: for some of the <laughs> groups,
2: you know, and, and it wasn't bad. You know, I remember Ryan going absolutely mad because he had some amazing feed off his iPad or something, right? But i tell you what, it was, it was blinking good. And if you can do that with that, then there's absolutely no reason why um, – you know women's golf can't be can't be covered it, it's it's it makes no sense to me whatsoever from from every level to be honest with you from clubs you know in suburbia making family days for example because mm-hmm. you know if women get involved they're very likely to bring the children along and therefore you've got two or three generations that are coming along all the way up to as you rightly say you know you look at the lpga um schedule this year you know, it's absolutely fantastic. Uh, you know, and and I don't know. Like like Tom said, I don't know. I'm not saying move days, but just try and make the events the central part of of the golf for that day. Um, you know, I know what you say, Hannah, and you can go on the red button and you can go on on YouTube and whatever. I just think try and make the golf tournament the, the final day of the golf tournament that central part of of the day, and and I I just think people are just missing out tremendously and i just think it's from both areas from right down at the bottom at grassroots all the way through to the top of professional there is so much potential there but for the women's game and i think too many people miss out and and you know i i I don't know i don't know the answer i mean maybe you have it that you can use all these various digital mediums and you made the point
0: earlier before before we came on that it it's almost an own goal from from the leading tours that they don't celebrate their best golfers until oh, it's almost too late. I mean, we we keep seeing the stats now of what Annika Sorenstam did for a career. You missed like ten cuts in her career. That's all talked about now, as opposed to when she was at the <laughs> peak of her career. We look back at how good she was, but when she was as good as she was, and, and I know she was coming against Tiger Woods, and I know it's it's really really hard. But we've seen if you if you cover it correctly, Serena Williams used her finals in Wimbledon used to get more views than Nadal versus Federer. It, it was. You know, you wouldn't think that, but it, it does. It happens because she was such, she was such a global superstar. Because she was made that way. Because we, because tennis went the right way about it. Mm-hmm. And even they've still got things to do. But it just shows that if you, if you put the effort in, like the the U.S. Women's National Team soccer got a huge amount of coverage, and you see these girls and they grow up and aspire to have those people to work to. If you if you put it out there, it will get followed. If it's on TV, people will flick onto it and they will watch it. And when they realise that these ladies are incredibly gifted and great golfers, and it's good to watch, then they'll carry on watching it. But until that comes first, you can't just expect people to go. It's almost yeah. like they're saying, well, there's, there's not a demand for it. There's only not a demand for it because you've not created the demand by putting it, yeah. it in the first place. It, it's really it's really frustrating to say, well, we'll wait until we know we we want 2 million viewers for this before we put it on. But you're not going to know because you've never tried it. And that that's the problem, Hannah, isn't it? It's, it's trying to make yeah. sure that that comes first.
1: I think you've seen it with like the women's football and the women's netball team in England recently like especially when those were broadcast so many more people got involved I just I just don't think people can be expected to get involved in golf when they can't see it anywhere and they're not exposed to it and they don't understand that they can be part of it
0: it's like it's like I don't know any diehard badminton fans, and the reason I don't know any diehard badminton fans because mm. the only time you see badminton is when it's like four o'clock in the morning in the Olympics. No one, no one <laughs> follows badminton otherwise. So until, until those things were on TV, I remember, I remember like going back fifteen years and, and watching you know Sky as a young kid, and like bowling was on the TV. Now bowling to me is a is a game. Is a, you know there is a competitive nature to it, but that was covered. So why 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 are we saying that? That women's golf cannot be covered they'll say that oh, it costs this much to to set up a production unit at a women's golf event you, you need like two or three static cameras to actually cover it and then the production cost the production of it can get better and better and better as more the demand creates it's yeah. it's just frustrating isn't it
1: well i mean i played a bit on the 2020 pro tour this year because they were very local to me and um one of the guys who runs it plays at my club so i know him pretty well And they live streamed all their events. They had like one camera guy there. It was going straight to Facebook, and you could watch most of the people tee off, see them play one or two holes, have them interviewed. And why couldn't you just start with at least something like that? Yeah, yeah.
0: And and the thing I think we might be talking about Chris Hansen, and we've had Chris on the podcast before, and and. And that 2020 tour is a great example of what you can do, isn't it? At the grassroots level, you've got mm-hmm. the Clutch Tour as well. They do the same sort of thing. They they give a bit of coverage, post-round interviews, etc. If these guys can do it on a very limited budget with limited resources across very, you know, they're not they're not the highest venues. You know, there's no reason why it cannot be done in a professional game, and it's about. One, it's about everyone changing their kind of attitude towards it. There's, there's, like you said, it's a shared responsibility all round. The audience has got to change their perception. The, the production has got to change their perception. The, the only people that don't are the players. The players are suffering because everyone's attitude towards it is yeah. currently a little bit wrong.
1: I actually think like a lot of the younger golfers now on tour, like the PGA Tour and stuff like that, they are very accepting of the women and kind of you see it more now on like Twitter and social media people almost sharing like big wins like especially when Sophia won like the british open like loads of people got behind her on that and i think that group of players are actually quite inclusive now it's almost the people outside that who seem a bit bitter about it when it's kind of those players who would be playing kind of against them in these mixed events and they're quite happy to do it but it's almost like everyone else thinks it's not okay
0: yeah, it's crazy, isn't it? I mean, J- Jason, going, going back to Sophia Popoff, there was that point, wasn't it, where she didn't get the ex- exemption for winning the major on the LPGA. Yeah. And it's like that caused such a stir on social media. And eventually, I think it did. I don't know if it did get sorted out, but that. They've that's, changed the
1: rule now, yeah, but it didn't, yeah, it didn't come affect in in her, time, did it? Her. Yeah,
0: yeah, and that that's the thing, is it's like you can see that there was enough demand to change it once people realised mm-hmm. what was going on. Whereas no one would have known that that was... A, when, when like, Sophia won that, she assumed she had a five-year exemption. Everyone in golf media assumed she had a five-year exemption until she was told otherwise. And then it was like, okay, well, she hasn't got an exemption. And then everybody, including a lot of the leading men's players, came out in support of her. And that just mm-hmm. shows that there is a demand, there is a support for the game of golf. And there is, everyone's on board and growing it, Jason, like we are. It, it, th- we see it because, Jason, we spoke, didn't we, about there's an echo chamber. We're big gold fans. We have a lot of gold following. So everyone is inclusive of it. But it's trying to get out to that wider audience, isn't it? I, th-
2: I think that's right. And I, I, I do think there is that change. You, you're quite right. I mean, you know, uh, Martin Keimer was, was, you know, tweeting the hell out of the wind, wasn't he? Of Sophia Popovs, offs And I think you're right, to be honest with you. I think the younger generation is, is coming through and slowly changing it. Um, but I, I, you know i still have that concern about the two ends of the spectrum um it's going to take an awful long time to get it to get through and it's horrible this is to say but it is going to take the the death of some people of old age don't worry so so so, do you know what i mean so that the new people yeah i know what you mean and
1: it's Um, it's it's sad to have to say that but yeah, you know,
2: i like I say, I'm involved in a cricket club and, and I was on committee level and I know exactly what it's like. It's very much like an old boys club, um, and it has taken a lot of protest and a lot of, um, yeah, a lot of a lot of um, new ideas to come through, and it's taken three years um, for for something to change and an attitude to change. Um, and golf is obviously you know far far bigger than that. Um, I, I do think it's changing, but I, I like you say, I, I think some of the people that are out there, some of the stories, I mean, you know, okay. Apart from uh, the Williams sisters, you know, this is brilliant. The, 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 the Calder sisters, you know, winning the first two and, and, you know, that mm-hmm. 60 from Just Calder in, in that third round. Um, and, and Nellie Calder winning last week, sort of running away with it, really. Um, I know she was, you know, nervous at the end, but, you know, really, really comfortable. These, these are huge, huge stories. And, uh, I I just think there could be more made of it. And I I do think the brands have got a lot to do with it. They've got so much influence and so much money. Um, I think they could do a lot more and and it may well take another five, 10 years before it does come through, but you can see it changing. But it's, I just think it's such a shame that like, like we said, I invited Bertie LPGA stroke L E T members on um, to the podcast. We've never had to work that hard to get a top 50 player of the PGA Tour. Um, And and I don't mean it. I don't mean it like that because they don't know who we are, but nor do they. Um, And I, um, the majority of the time I didn't even get a response. Um, So I just think there's, there's a massive, uh, massive work in progress. I can see it happening, but I I just wonder how slowly it's
1: coming through. I think one of the problems in us is as well, like, a lot of the time in social media especially when you see stories blow up about the lat or the lpg it's always negative like it's always about something's gone wrong or someone's complained about inequality or something like this like very very rarely is it like big positive stories so almost in that sense like someone knows like if they come on this podcast like well one if it blows up like it's that negative backlash again like it's not Almost a positive thing and a positive publicity, in the same way that, like, if a man accepts to go on a podcast, like, they're not necessarily going to have that same negativity surrounding it.
0: Yeah, and and that's like you say, the the most horrible thing to think is like we're going to post this podcast up, and there's already going to be someone, and their attitude is going to be, oh well, they've just done that to be inclusive, and and Hannah's going to say something that's really going to be derogatory (laughs) towards men. And it isn't, this is not what this conversation has been about. It's just been about a fact-finding mission, getting your opinion on it, and you've not said anything ill of anybody in terms of, of sexism or anything like that. You've just simply stated facts. And, and already people will have that attitude before they've even given it a chance. And like you say, it will be... You know, it was always like that. Was like the backstopping at, at the LPGA event and things like that. There was a backboard, and they were just yeah. plowing into it, wasn't it? It wasn't. <laughs> it wasn't the fact of who won it. It was like, oh, they kept passionate into an advertising stand. It's like, oh my god, like someone won that golf tournament. Just celebrate that. It, it, it's just so frustrating, isn't it? The attitude towards towards people in in a great sport.
1: I think like even last week was like Annika playing like almost the biggest story was like the rules infraction that happened rather than like the fact (laughs) she was actually there and the court sisters were doing this and it's like it's just bizarre like that no one almost wants to like tell a story of positivity I think it almost like comes back to that thing like people I don't know they're not searching for clicks but that they're only willing to cover the women's golf if they know it's a story that's worth telling rather than you know finding stories that are good and really bringing out anything that's worth people looking at
0: no, I completely agree. I think that sums it up really, really well. Jason, You know you've got a couple more points you sort of wanted to get across.
2: No, I mean, you know, obviously I mentioned the tournament in, in Gaelgorn, which I think is, um, yeah, I, I think it's a step forward anyway. Um, Australia Golf, I think, are um, tackling the decline of female engagement in the sport as well. There's, there's, I think there's a lot of money being put into there as well. Um, I mean, really, to be honest with you, it's, um, yeah, I, I mean, it, it's fascinating to see. You know, obviously, on social media, we're following an awful lot of, you know, different people, and and we do follow plenty of women. Um, some we won't mention, um, just to see how interesting it is and the different approaches, um, uh, and the way they come across, and, and the reaction to them. Um, it, it, I, I think it's absolutely fascinating, to be honest with you. I mean, I'm pretty much covered, but I, I do think, I do think there's the likes of, of Georgia Hall, as you say, Charlie Hall and, and and everything, can be. I, I don't know what happens. I don't know their agreements with the brands, but there's definitely more can be done. TV can do a lot more. And as I say, all the way down to grassroots, um, I, I, I do think it will change. Um, and I hope it does, because I think anybody listening to this and listens to us regularly that doesn't really watch any of the, LP, certainly the LPGA, which obviously you get a chance virtually every week now, um, you've got to do it because it's it's, it's fantastic
3: viewing it.
0: It's just like, it takes me back to to Georgia Hall when she won the British Open and she wasn't even given the... She was snubbed, wasn't she, for the Sports Personality yeah. of the Year. And then, yeah. you know, the youngest ever British winner of a major championship in a in a sport that had been dominated by a lot of Asian golfers, by a lot of uh, American golfers. British golf in the ladies' terms hadn't been that successful for a long time, maybe since Laura Davis's time. She'd just broken through that um you know really successful tournament won her home event and then she she just doesn't even get she i think she i think they worked out she had 10 seconds of air time despite winning such leading event it's just it's horrifying hannah isn't it to think of, of something like
1: that also the first golfer to win the british girls the british ladies amateur and then the british ladies amateur as a professional yeah which it's, is it's, quite mind-boggling
3: it's
0: it's crazy and and then it doesn't get recognised and and it's kind of like oh yeah well she she won and it was great and we did a we did a twenty minute Instagram live of the Sky Sports golf so we covered it and, and that's it and it, it just like to me like you get we get a replay of the two thousand and twelve Ryder Cup you know Miracle Medina oh. <laughs> what a hundred times a year when there's not a golf event on but we won't ever see Georgia Hall's week at the Open get reshown there's not a DVD about it or anything it it's just a case of there isn't as much recognition there and. uh and we don't help ourselves. But Hannah, you know, is any more points that you, you sort of wanted to make on sort of where you see the professional game going and how you think you know junior golfers can get more inclusive and things like
1: that? I think there's just like a narrative throughout that people might not necessarily understand. They just say, "Oh well, no one's watching the professional golf," but then they don't realise kind of the other setbacks that stopping that happening. I also don't think they realise like how much effort these girls have to go through to actually stay in the sport for that length of time and to be able to afford to do what they're doing without the same funding. I think, like, I know in our county setup, like, I have to pay to go to county coaching because the county can't afford to run it for the women. But, yet, the boys have, like, this ludicrous sum of funding. I think the women have, like, five grand a year for coaching for all the girls and all the ladies' squads. And the boys
0: have fifty thousand. <laughs> and that's the thing. Every every time we've done an interview, Jason, isn't it that we've had a, an English golfer on? They've done nothing but praise England yep. golf for how good the setup is, and and they're, and they're not saying that because you know the men have got this and the women haven't. They just probably just don't know. They just don't mm. know the inequality even themselves. And I think if they did, they'd probably speak up about it. But you talk about like um, we we don't think that people view it. The last year, the, or the year before, the Br- women's British Open final round had one point one nine million viewers per minute. So it was it's a ridiculous amount of people that there are. I think I think what people don't realise is that golf itself is a is a fairly niche viewership. Yeah. We, we all there's an echo chamber effect on Twitter of all the people that we follow and we think golf's this amazing sport and everybody loves it. And then you see NFL and you see football and you see that the viewing figures they get are just absurd. So golf itself is is niche and then you've got women's golf that's even niche because they don't get The chance to to put on a show they don't get a chance to be in your face and show off their talent it really is it like you say as the sort of continuing theme it's got to come first it's got to be let's let's show faulty events on sky sports throughout the year and if no one views it then you've actually got a leg to stand on but you'll be surprised how many people probably will
1: tune in and watch it yeah definitely and also like when i go on social like i want to see people doing more interviews with women players like they should feel comfortable to be able to come forward and do something without having like backlash for it. And you know, when I open, when I pick up a magazine, I want them to be on the front cover. And when I'm buying a new pair of golf shoes, like I want to be able to see them wearing them on the LPJ and <laughs> see them in the shops on the wall. Like these are things that people think are so minor. But like another thing that really annoys me is like I get like an equipment brochure and all the men who are PJ tour or, or European tour players will be modeling like the new apparel or the new shoes, or the new clubs. And then they've clearly got some like random modeling who you can tell from how the holes in the club, like doesn't play the <laughs> to wear the women's kit, like why have you done that? Like there are so many players out there. You could have advertising your product and it would make such a better connection, like across the game for people to see them on the magazine, in the, in the catalog on TV and it just makes a better narrative. I just don't understand why it's small things like that are just overlooked.
0: And that's the thing. I think that you, you take uh, Nike, for example. I think they've been, over the years, it's helped that they've had the sort of biggest names to do it, but they've been generally quite good at, at highlighting minorities and adverts and, and celebrating <laughs> Serena Williams and Alex Morgan and people like that have been. And, and Tiger Woods, when he was coming out, and there was a lot of you know bad press about him before they actually realised who he was going to be that you know they've been very good at, at putting it in people's faces and people did grow up and they wanted to get the same football boots as Alex Morgan. They wanted to get the same tennis racket and, and tennis clothes even to go into school tennis in as Serena Williams. But there's not someone that's sitting there going, right, well, Charlie hole has got this on this week and you can go and pick it up in your local pro shop. And, and the pro shop doesn't stock it because they haven't got a means to advertise it and, and relate it to somebody as a superstar. And they've got, at the moment... A fifth of the amount of ladies' members as I have men, so it's something's got to happen to drive that first for everyone to react and give it the attention it deserves.
1: Yeah, I actually love the clothes Charlie Hall wears, but I'm pretty sure you can't even buy them in the UK because <laughs> she's sponsored by like a company from abroad who obviously want to invest more, but then you can't get it here. It's like so frustrating.
0: Absolutely, I think I think that will will do for now. I think that I think that we've kind of got. Our point across, and Hannah, I thank you so much for your input because I think the the, the main thing for me it wasn't to to get a, a lady's perspective and just have someone on just because it's a, a ladies lady's person. What I didn't want to do is is me and Jason have a conversation about ladies golf being underate you know underappreciated and undervalued and we've not been there we don't we don't actually experience it's like us having a discussion about racism we're both white it doesn't it doesn't have the same impact it's not Thank fair you. we will we will say what's wrong but we don't actually know it whereas yourself you can give personal accounts you've you've told us about your junior your golf career and and the sort of challenges you face and i just think it gives such a relevance to it and such a relatable one that, you know if five girls that you know listen to this and and want to get into golf and want to anything that comes from it is going to be a positive so thank you very much for coming on jason thank you for for being here and joining in the conversation as well and let's have a conversation again soon when hopefully we can have 35 events in our faces at some point on sky Sports where we can we can have a conversation about the lpg of lpga event and and celebrate it as it should be
1: yeah definitely enough thanks for having me